Welcome back to Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. Today, I had a conversation with the co-hosts of the Agreed podcast, Rick Wilkerson and Desi Rains. Their podcast is a ton of fun because Rick and Desi agree to never agree. They argue both sides of every subject from pop culture and music to religion and even Waffle House recipes. When they're not debating on a podcast, they are both musicians in the Atlanta area. Rick has been a jazz artist since 2014 with his EP release of Aspire, followed by his first album, Mosaic, in 2017, and most recent release, Live from Lehman Drug Company. His experience and energy on stage, precision in the studio, and drumming expertise make him a unique asset in the professional music community. Desi is a singer, songwriter, rapper, producer, and CEO of Teakwood. He's been performing professionally since the age of 10, and now he's looking to make a legacy touching the world through music, light, and love. I've run into Rick and Desi in green rooms around Atlanta for years. And at an event last year, they were talking about their podcast, and I thought it would be such a fun conversation to have them on ours. And here we are. So part of the magic of the Agreed podcast is that they jump right in and they talk about all sorts of things. And this conversation is no different because we were also all over the map. There's laughs and some serious things, but overall, a super fun conversation. Before we hit record, we were catching up a little bit, and we started chatting about topics like the Justin Bieber, Yay West, and Marilyn Manson mashup worship concert, and we realized that we had missed some podcast gold. So we went ahead and hit start, and the point that we're coming in on this conversation is we were talking about why I, Maggie, don't record the video for this podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. So, yeah, because, you know, she doesn't shower every day, so we don't need this. Hey, hello. It's totally fine. <laughs> Listen, who showers every day? I had this argument with somebody the other day. I refuse to believe. I said it in the green room to everybody. I refuse to believe that all y'all in here take a shower every single day, 365 days of the year. Some people mm -hmm. tried to argue me, but it was like, nah, y'all can't argue me. There's mm -hmm. no way. If you don't have to see anybody for a couple of days. I mean. I don't sometimes know, man. Just sometimes, sometimes I just feel like gritty city, and I just uh, need yeah, to. Yeah, of course. Clean. But then there's yeah, those I mean, times when it's like, I didn't really do anything today. I just hit it in the morning, and you know what I'm saying, like. And then you hit snooze, and you forget to shower. So exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's real life. It's real life. Y'all morning showerers or night showerers? <sighs> they both have their experiences. Boy, don't they? They do. Boy, don't they? Man, like at the, the end of the day shower, you just feel like I've washed the entire earth away from me. Mm -hmm. Like just, I feel so accomplished and I feel so good. And in the morning shower, same thing. Like, you, well, not really same thing, but like you just feel like you're ready. Like I'm a boy, I'm ready. It's time to get this going. Let's do it. I'm fresh. I feel like the night shower is the one that you mm -hmm. really feel satisfied about though. Maggie? That's a good question. I used to be a morning shower back when I had yeah. like a full-time job and then the pandemic hit and uh, I realized I didn't have to shower every day because I was seeing zero people. And exactly. uh, now I just, I'm addicted to this news button. And so if I'm going to shower, it has to be at night. Wow. Shower's optional. I feel yeah. that. There it is. I feel yeah. that. I what like about both. you, Desi? Both? I'm a, I'm a bother. 
I'm about it, it really depends on the time. Like my my night could be ending early and I want to wash the day off before getting in bed. That's dope for me. But then there are times where the night went too long. And then you get up in the morning, wash the night off. <laughs> get the day going. You know, either way, you're washing off the previous salities. Bro, yeah. And uh, I don't even know if that's a word, but we just put it during previous salaries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely not a night shower if it's like we finished driving all day, sound check, all that stuff, and it's like the first session of the whatever, whatever. By the time we get back to the hotel, I'm just like, bro, I'm just gonna do this in the morning for, See, for sure. me, especially after those, like I don't it, it it'll be the last thing I do. But I gotta take a shower. I gotta wash mm -hmm. the road off. I gotta wash that session off because I don't know how much you sweat on stage, boy. But yeah, because y'all man, be I can't. I can't. I I'm can't out relate. here drenched, dog. Like I look <laughs> like I just went swimming. <laughs> but usually, I'll the the new one for me is the in, in between sound check and dinner shower. Like even if I have to tell mm. them, yo, just save me a plate, bro. Like I am going to take a shower after sound check. To at least feel decent for like the session, then then I'm definitely not taking a shower till the next day. Now you know London takes a shower before session, he after does. session, and in the morning. He does. He is a um, he is a very clean boy. Showerer, yes, for sure. Definitely. So his skin must like hate him if he is like showering that much. I don't, I don't know, know man. He, he glows all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But also, he, he runs around on stage more than any musician I've ever seen in my entire life. Exactly. He so does. he gets it. Like you gotta, you gotta, gotta wash that gotta stank off of you, man. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to bed with the stank on you. You know. But that's why we change our sheets on the regular. Do we? Mm -hmm. Do we? On the regular. I do. What's the regular. I yeah, do it how, every how Saturday. Okay, really? you're good. You change it like. Oh, you mean just like wash the sheets, not like completely change the sheets, like new sheets, Bob, or like you, or you're talking about like you swap out sheets completely on Saturdays. Yeah, I completely swap okay. out my sheets. I have multiple okay. sets of them and yeah, I, I wash, I wash them every two weeks and then I have two weeks worth of, of sheets. That reminds that's me incredible. Of my, yeah. That's incredible. That's that's clockwork. That's like uh that reminds me of my cruise ship days. That's that's a good stuff right there. Oh, tell me about these cruise ship days, Rick. Oh. I actually yeah, don't really us, know Rick. you that well. Yeah. No. So <laughs> <laughs> No, no, let's not revisit that. I just cringed a little bit. The crew were you a musician on the on the cruise ship? Bro, I was for a month. Whoa. It was super I've dope. Heard stories, dog. It was it me depending on how long your contract is it can be super dope or it can be miserable like yeah. usually you first when you get on you can do like uh back in the day it was like five months so if you imagine five months in a small crew quarter situation with another person like literally pretty much everything is standing room only like there's yeah. no like hey come over to the to our quarters blah blah it's not like but the cool part about it is like everybody is so um like you meet so many cool people on the crew, like throughout the entire ship from all different mm -hmm. countries and stuff like that. And I mean, everybody hangs and parties and all that stuff in, in these like small little crew hallways where you all just really get, you know, to know just so many people around the world. And you, you know, 
it was a good experience. I was on there for a month. That's about my limit. That's about month. as far as I could go. One month yeah, is already too long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but we we had I had a seven day cruise, so that was like that's what made it worth it. Like Sunday, we were in San Juan. Monday was like mm-hmm. Saint Martin, and then it was like Saint Kitts, Saint Lucia, Dominica, Barbados. Ooh. It was like a different situation every day. I didn't always get off the boat, but um, yeah, it was a good way to you know travel, do the thing, and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, good times. Wow. What a man! Yeah. What a man! Would you ever go back? Uh, <laughs> not now. Um, not with not with baby Fred. See, the, well, no, definitely not. Not for like a month, but definitely like the. Uh, sometimes you get to go on as an artist situation or with a band, and you get to go for like a week, and you'll maybe play like two, three times out of that week. So it's a lot of chilling, a lot of hanging. But uh, ever since COVID, nah, I'm yeah. definitely not going to breathe other people's air. That's that's definitely not happening, no. Yeah. I guess how famous do you have to be to be asked to do a, to go on like a cruise ship like that you and know, only have just, to play a couple of days? Yeah, you gotta it, be famous. It, just, it just depends on your agency. Like you, you can just, gotta just be active. stumble up. Yeah, you got to <laughs> you could you can stumble on some good stuff. But I mean, cuz I feel like I feel like cruise ships is like they hire a lot of party bands, like yeah, like yeah. corporate band type yeah, deals, you yeah. know. Unless you get on like a jazz cruise or something like that, right. where it's like, you know, you playing for an artist that's literally gonna play one time in that whole week. So yeah, that would be amazing though, a jazz cruise ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have. It some, sounds like a snooze doubles. fest to me. I, I mean, yeah, some aspects of it for sure. An elevator cruise? <laughs> An know. elevator cruise. Elevator <laughs> music all throughout the ship. You think you're in the elevator the entire time. Everywhere time. I go. <laughs> 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 the old careless oh, whisper. <laughs> the old careless whisper. Uh, give it a gosh. rest. <laughs> but what were we saying about famous people uh, singing, uh, you know, praise and worship songs for viral views on YouTube? Huh? Oof. I will say the what got me like looking into all the like celebrity, all that thing was one of mm-hmm. your episodes about I didn't Maggie did not know about Justin Bieber, Marilyn Manson, and who was the third one? Kanye um, West and 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 Ye, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is yeah. his name. Yeah. Let's it's go. Not Kanye. He changed it. Yay. So is it pronounced Ye or Yay? Who do we talk to about the pronunciation? Do we call it's him? A bre- it's an abbreviation of of Kanye. Yay. Okay, so okay. it's Yay. So if you didn't know, Maggie's white. So. <laughs> that was maggie oh, she'll be here no. all week <laughs> listen maggie we're all from africa okay we're it's all true. we're all brown skin it's just you know varying degrees of brown exactly yeah all of our ancestors Indeed. from yeah, africa we're all on the spectrum yep you know <laughs> i don't think that's correct <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> I feel like I need to Google this um, lady, Jane, um, the brown eyed, blue eyed, brown eye, blue eyed. Do you know who I'm talking about? Jane Elliott. Yes. 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 No. Who was that? She's fire. It's that old lady that be going into these, uh, into the, like, it looked like classrooms, but it just be, okay, so, all right, let's just go there. She's an <laughs> yeah. old white lady. 
He's talking to a whole bunch of white people about who would, I think you've seen this video. She says, who uh, in here uh, thinks that the way they treat black people in this country are wrong, is wrong. And then some people raise their hands, some people raise, don't. And then she says, who would want to switch, persons, switch places with a black person in America and no one raises their hand? Mm. You never seen that video? It's like mm -mm. real viral. No, but I've seen, is that the lady who does the experiment where it's like, this side of the room has brown eyes and this side of the room has blue mm -hmm. eyes. I heard about that experiment, but I hadn't heard her saying um, that situation. Nah. Yeah. Well, it That's started crazy. back in the 60s. I think yeah. she started with mm -hmm. the brown eye, blue eyed. And like even the kids that were in that experiment back then, like there's still some like emotional trauma from wow. just being othered because of the color of your eyes. And mm -hmm. so she has used that as a launching point to talk about racism in America for 60 years. Man. Nah, she's cold-blooded. That's that's mm -hmm. dope. Shout out to Jane Elliott. What we were saying before we started recording, <laughs> I don't think it's authentic when someone finds religion and automatically gravitates towards a mega church and hopping on stage and singing their praise and worship song that's cool as far as like them finding religion but i don't know it just it just feels weird when it's like insert celebrity name singing beautiful name or something like that it just kind of makes it seem like anybody and everybody can just hop on stage as soon as they uh find religion whatever religion that is because yeah. surprisingly they don't find any other religion and go sing their songs like it's it always seems to be in america like mm -hmm. people find christianity and just all of a sudden well is any other religion as heavily televised as christianity mm -hmm. it is it, it you, surprisingly if we're only watching certain things that's what youtube is going to suggest but um you know if you start like if you throw in a few things here and there like i mean i was watching something on vice as far as like Muslims and things like that and what they have to go through and all this stuff. And it was like Muslim commercials and Muslim this and hey, donate to this Muslim mosque, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. The only reason I see a whole bunch of Christian worship songs is because that's literally all I have to watch as far as like for gigs and things like that. But there's so many other religions out here. And I mean, when I talked to you about uh, on that other podcast, like a few weeks ago when it was like, I watch on IG, especially like, Africans whenever they're mm -hmm. worshiping over in Africa mm -hmm. do, doing their things like I watch a lot of that there's a lot of um Hispanic um especially like down in Brazil like Brazilian drummers I watch and mm -hmm. I mean of course they're still singing like um worship songs and, and stuff like that in their language but yeah there's there's all kinds so of this stuff is what I'm here. saying but as far as Muslims go they barely let their women dress the way they want to dress right well and depending think, on the the uh, sect of Islam. Okay, but yeah, and depending yeah, on the yeah, sect, yeah. they have yeah. sect, they have a. It's very strict depending on the sect. Mm -hmm. You think a religion like that would just let any Joe Blow, no matter how important you are, hop up on their stage and start singing their mm -hmm. first day as a Muslim? Christianity is a different beast, bro. Like as far as yeah. especially Westernized Christianity, like oh yeah. 
it is super glitz, super glamour, super fame, super, Corporate. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Polished and put together smoke, mirrors, lights, camera. Projection, LED. Uh, uh, LED wall that's bigger <laughs> than your freaking house. Like that, yeah. like, it's all about the production as far yeah, as like, right, right. like westernized Christianity. You know what I'm Except saying? Black like, church. They still hood in the black church. Nah, even, even in black church, boy. Even in black church, they they are they are they are. I'm not fighting. talking about corporate black church. Not we're not no, talking bro. about Micah Chai's church. I'm talking about no. They can barely get the Facebook stream to work. Let me tell you, but I let me tell you, they trying. My dad's service the other day. They, they are they trying. Ordaining him, it was like, come on, y'all, we got to get the stream <laughs> to work at least. But let me tell you, like, they they are trying to get it to work. Yeah. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody that got a church going. Uh, not trying to be on the internet and not oh, yeah, trying definitely. to be on uh, for sure channel two on cable for on sure. basic cable. Come on, man. There are TV networks for Islam and for Judaism and for oh, yeah, yeah. you know, but there are a million networks for Christian stuff. Like Factual. it's there's so yeah, it's so it's such a uh, it's so commercialized in a lot of ways. It is. And I think the production, there's also this like feeling I get, I, I found this when I've gone to other churches that, that are more, uh, you know, charismatic. And so it's, I feel like they're, they feel successful if they make everybody in the room cry. Like it's mm -hmm. about the emotional mm. experience. Mm. And I think production lends itself to that. Now there are some sects of Christianity, like some denominations that are more traditional, that aren't like um, glitz and glam. Oh yeah, and, you gotta you go know? to that good old Baptist church. Where they I won't even say that, hymns. bro. It's some Baptist churches that are out here glitzing and glamming really? it up. Mm -hmm. But oh, like, man. by and large, yeah. <laughs> like the uh, the AME churches ain't really changing too much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they are, <laughs> no, <laughs> they still, no. you know, doing the hymnals by number. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The drums are yeah. still a demonic force in that bro. denomination. <laughs> demonic yeah, force. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what does that say about Rick? Because you're a drummer. I know. Oh, he's, a, he's a demon player, boy. I'm breaking, <laughs> I'm breaking the code in some sex of Christianity. Sheesh. Uh, Man, they still got those people out there in like Utah and stuff like that who really be going in. I forgot mm. what their names are. Latter-day Saints? Have y'all ever? Mm. Oh, Lord. No. Oh, no, no. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch some documentaries, bro. They be going in. Oh, yeah. 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 The Scientology. It's wild. Really? It's wild. It's wild. Like the, the they're the, the ones that like be wearing a certain thing and stuff like that, right? Like the women can't wear pants and mm. uh they live in the communities and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Bro, you gotta watch this stuff, dog. Like yeah. they be going out to Utah and doing documentaries on these people. I'm talking about like some of these people's uh some Mormons like uh they be doing what is it called? Polygamy? I mean, it's less practiced, but it's yeah. Yeah, they they definitely <laughs> been cracking down for spread, sure, boy. But they have what is that one TV show? Sister Wives, bro. They have like three and four wives where like they're literally in the same house, mm -hmm. the same dude, and they be all having you know kids from the same dude, bro. It's crazy, man. Yeah, but time. do you know why? Do you know what it is about their doctrine that that I, they want I to have know. more kids? I have no clue. 
probably Solomon. They looked at Solomon and it was like, that's <laughs> it right there. Seven well, lives, I'm in. <laughs> um, I don't know. They are trying to populate their planet that they receive after they die. Yo. What? 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah, That's they so believe good. that That's they so receive crazy. a planet. Yeah, they, they receive a planet in heaven or whatever they wow. call it. And each family has their own planet and they are called to populate the planet. And uh, there are some sects of those cults that I don't want to call them cults, but some people would call them cults. So oh, that's a cult for sure. It's a cult. <laughs> for they, sure. Yeah, they um, there's only like a certain number of people that get into heaven, like of in all the generations. And so they're trying to be the best that they can and follow the rules. And they have all these children so they can get more people into heaven and to like the true paradise. And I think I might be confusing it with another um, uh, sect of Christianity, but um, but yeah, that's what they're doing. They are populating so the planet. Their heaven is their own planet. Yeah, with their family. Oh, and it, wow. like, yeah, and it's just like it's like you know the idea of like jewels in your crown when you get to heaven. Like, no, it's the bigger the planet. So is it okay? Okay. Okay. So is it everybody, like, is it like you and your children or is it like your entire bloodline? Like not a clue. Planet? Cause I would think that would be, that would be interesting. Like all your kids have kids. Now your plan is just you and your wife. Like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But if it's your entire bloodline, then there's really only one planet. That's like some exactly. We stuff. still going back to the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do they reconcile this? I'm better than you because I have the right doctrine. That's how they reconcile. Wow. Wow. This that sounds intense, like all Christianity. Man. Let me stop. Let me that stop. Does Let's... sound like <laughs> Let me take myself on out of there. <laughs> that is the argument. Why is that though? Why is it that every religion argues that our religion is the only true religion and everybody else isn't getting into our special heaven that we've created i just boy religion man that's mm -hmm. crazy what a concept that's crazy what a concept man. wow yeah that's almost as good as scientology with old l ron hubbard Ugh. Oh, mm -hmm. don't even get me started. Okay, so Rick, you yeah. have definitely watched the Leah Remini thing. Oh, then. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't get enough of it. I watched her Scientology one. Oh, bro. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. Scientology, bro. It's so good. They had, so the music good. is so ominous, and you know what I'm saying? And they yeah, interview the people. Yeah. And people like got to break out, like, you know, hide in the trunk of a car and all this stuff. <laughs> it's like a real life documentary. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like if somebody made a TV show about it, it would be like on the CW and they would be like, and this is still too far-fetched. Yeah. It's like, no, this is real life. <laughs> this is really real life. This is, bro, we need the, we need, there's gotta be a show of like extreme religions where, I mean, besides, you know, Scientology and, and Mormonism, what else would be in there? There's like, I mean, what is that one where the, the people, they excommunicate your family? Uh, or uh, Scientology? No, no, no. Amish. Amish. The it's Amish. like when you're 18, what is that called? Like Rumspringer or something like that? Yes. They, 
they let you experience everything. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. You're letting a teenager go from not having electricity to experiencing literally everything in the Northeast, especially like close that close to like New York and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Them kids definitely ain't going back to Amish country. Mm-mm. And then they just excommunicate them? No, some, see, that's the thing. So I read an article on this. Some people do, like, they go out and experience everything that the world has to offer and realize, oh, it was better back home. Let me go yeah, back. Yeah, 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 Most definitely. But I'm, I'm just carriage. talking about the ones who, who, who decide, like, uh, yeah, my family's been crazy. See, that's the, it, it, that's what I was about to say. Like, it's a, it's, it's either or. It's not, it's nowhere in between. Either you go out and you hate it. Or you go out and you become a drug addict and an alcoholic and a sex addict <laughs> and all the things like you just don't it's know how to deal with all it. addicts. There's a TV. I think there is a TV show where some some of these people are like still trying to figure out their lives, integrate into normal life and stuff like that. That is that's got to be wild. To that's like, a very in, that's very interesting. Like I, me and my wife were just talking about um, how she was raised um mm-hmm. me uh, we were both raised vastly different she came up um seven day of venice so uh so you're going to was... church on the wrong day yeah bro <laughs> you're going to church on the wrong day apparently the world is going to church on the, <laughs> wrong, the wrong day, day. <laughs> the devil bro you're worshiping the sun okay. they call it. let's Sunday. talk about how the church married the world but listen <laughs> so we came up vastly different and then my wife's household her mom was like super strict, super like you're uh, if you're going out at 730, be home by eight, you know, type deal. Like it, it was re- really, really strict environment. And and the way they're responding to it is so vastly different. Like my wife is super cautious and my sister-in-law is super experimental. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I think that's. I think that's the danger of growing up in the extreme case of uh, uh, being sheltered. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get out into the world and you experience what is there, like either you don't know how to deal with it or you overindulge. Like there's no moderation. Mm. There's no middle ground. But there wasn't a middle ground in the church, you know, in an extreme church setting there's no right. middle ground so you're just not taught you are you are grown up you are raised in the extremes period right. so you don't you don't know that there is such a thing as discernment and moderation and gray yeah, areas to, in that in that in that area like discernment is weird like what is there to discern everything came from jesus <laughs> <laughs> like nah fam it's a lot of it's a lot of other things out here you know I have a mentor real quick. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to leave it alone. I have a mentor that says, if you really want to know God, really want to know Jesus, you have to know the devil as well. Mm. Because he sat on the left side of, of God. Like they call him the morning star because he has the remnants of God's mm. light still on him. He knows how to imitate. He knows how to, he knows how to, uh, 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 imitate his voice mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying he, he he was a personal servant of God you know for however long it was before we came into existence yeah you know what I'm saying so how can you be privy to the attacks if you don't know how he's coming he comes yeah. the same way every time 
But if you don't know what it is, you can easily be tripped up by his imitation. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, that's good. So I want to hear a little bit from, from both of you about kind of your trajectory. You're like growing up, what was church to you growing up? What did that look like? Where are you now? Um, you know, deconstruction is a dirty word in a lot of Christian circles. We love to talk <laughs> about it here. So uh, like, whatever, That's you're not going to offend us. <laughs> that newfangled stuff. Come on, yeah, Rick, talk I've about Nashville. Talk to us. Bro, I've yeah. seen some extremes of deconstruction. Uh, I'll make it quick. Grew up you don't in have a, to. A, a charismatic <laughs> church. We shouted every Sunday, speaking in tongues, was going in. Uh, church started at what nine ten, and we were in there till one or two, whatever it was. Uh, I was a staff kid. My mom worked in the church. My dad was on sound ministry. Um, came to college, and you know, obviously, college uh, a time where you <laughs> you're <laughs> learned about a different religion. Yeah, <laughs> right, rumspringer. You learn about different religions, and uh, just kind of have to figure it out for yourself. And uh, you know, my twenties. Uh, found my way back to um, really studying and, and, and diving in deep on my own. Uh, that's when I was really um, you know, just challenged just to kind of stand on what I believed and what my core values are. Um, Post-COVID, I think a lot of people feel the same way I do. That I was already moving away from uh, the feelings of I have to um, uh, join a church or I have to be a member of a church in order to find community. I'm trying to find community in more places than just one place on a Sunday, seeing the same people in the same building every Sunday. Uh, I don't believe that you have to be a member of a church in order to impact change. I believe that um, we should all strive to do the things that um, the disciples asked Jesus about. Like, hey, what do you want us to do? You're about to leave us. What is it that you want us to do? And he said, go into all the world, tell every nation, not I want you to be at this building at this time every single Sunday and make each other feel good. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I am finding my way um, in this new era of Christianity. Definitely not going to the extreme like some people are. I mean, I, there's definitely some extremes. I still have my core values as far as, you know, uh, Jesus is still Lord. And, uh, yeah, we're going to rock with that, man. That's That's where I am right now what like who who did you learn god to be growing up and uh, like then going to college and all of that like what was that journey like to kind of leave some of the extremes behind mm. it moved from the what to the why um you do mm. a lot of the what growing up uh, all the rituals all the you know make sure you're here on sunday make sure you tied your 10 percent. make sure your bible study make sure you volunteer for the youth choir and the usher board and make sure you're doing this and all the the emotional aspect of it you know i felt like a great christian because of doing this bless you i felt like a christian because i did this uh or i didn't feel like a good christian because i hadn't been in church for this long or whatnot but as i got older i mean touring and, and playing music and things like that it's like bro i can't be in church every sunday like it just it's gonna happen so you have to uh disconnect from that and not just uh being a Christian because of the what, but being a Christian because of, you know, the why I, um, and I don't even like the word Christian because of 
um, what being Christian means here in America in these days, like the American Western uh, version of Christianity is just so different than um, what I believe it, it truly is. I just well, even in the I, Bible, the word Christian bro. Was, a, was a slander. So. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like I'm a believer, bro. So yeah, just move from doing it um, and 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 only understanding the what to understanding the why behind um, yeah. what I believed and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So if you had to. Uh, if you were talking to somebody that, and they were asking you about your religion, if you didn't want to say Christian because of all of the baggage that comes with it and the implications in America and all the things, how would you describe your connection to God? Uh, I would just say I'm a believer, man. I believe in, in uh, Yah, Elohim. He's the way, um, his son, Yeshua, and the... Yeah, that's that's really it. Just I would just rather say I'm a believer versus like I'm a Christian because it yeah. just has such a terrible con. I mean, just literally everybody and their mom claims to be a Christian, and it's like, bro, in this country, it's just it can it's get white it noise. Can go south really quickly, really quickly from yeah. every angle, the extreme all the way up until you know the super lenient. So it's like, mm, I'm yeah. good. I don't want to group myself in with Kanye. Oh, I'm sorry, Yay. I don't want to group myself in with Trump because both of them claim to be Christians and I'm good on that. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was donating blood sometime last year and the, and I kind of, and I saw the same woman over and over and over again, cause I have weird veins and she was able to find my vein. Nobody else was. And so, um, and so we would just start to get to know each other and talking. And I said something about, she goes, what do you do? I said, I'm a spiritual director. And she goes, what is that? And then she goes, oh, so you're a Christian. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, are you like, and then she said, have you she started like asking me questions? Have you, do you believe this? Have you, uh, uh, did you say the prayer in the name of Jesus? Did you do all these things? And I was like, this bitch is uh, <laughs> testing me to make sure that I am her kind of Christian because that That's is right. the right Christian. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so you're Christian? Weird. How Christian are you? Yeah. Are you oh. and the correct one? Yeah. Have you been baptized? Have you done this? You she done did. That? She asked me, and, and then she also asked me, like, was I, you know, sprinkled or dunked? And I was like, oh, this is the one I'm, I'm going to take a guess to make sure that I say the right thing to her, wow. you know? And I was like, dang, girl. Anyway, but that's that's wow. what it looks like to be Christian in America. It's still so othered if you're the wrong kind of Christian, and it's supposed to be about unity. That's but crazy. in my that's opinion. Crazy. It yeah. changes. It changes from region to region. I mean, think about it. If you're a Christian in LA, in New York, in Chicago, in Atlanta, in Miami, I just named five different types of people, five belief systems, five different like especially all the way in LA and down in Miami. Like, I mean, here in Atlanta, it's it's the southeast. It's still considered mm -hmm. the southeast. Miami is a whole different country. Yeah, they that's wear sure. different things. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. It's a different climate. Yeah, yeah. they wear different. It's a little bit more revealing down there in Miami. Because <laughs> it's hot. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like they want to show themselves. It's like yeah, I'm right. burning up. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Free the nipple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My nipple needs air too. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> marriage is different. 
to different mm-hmm. regions and different. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now, Desi, tell us, are you the right kind of Christian? And tell us how <laughs> oh, how you no. got to this place. <laughs> So uh, right off the bat, I'm going to give it a strong no. Um, (laughs) I did not come up in church, fam. Like church was super optional for me coming up. Uh, My folks got divorced. I was like eight. Uh, My mom went Baptist. My dad went AME. Um, For those who don't know, AME stands for African Methodist Episcopalian. They molded three denominations together. (laughs) to make AME so uh, my dad's church was real boring my mom's church was real exciting still boring you know if that makes sense it was real it was just real a lot of hooping hollering like I don't get the context so I'm just gonna um, take a nap on these pews you know Um, sounds like a a solid choice (laughs) (laughs) I did. I didn't come up like with the with the traditional church upbringing. Um, my dad went out of obligation to his folks. Like his folks went to this church off of Simpson Road. Like since he was a kid, so his dad was a trustee. Like his name is etched in the in the stone of the building. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so, he felt like he had to go. He he really just he he's just left the church maybe like five years ago. Wow. Uh, but it, it was real old, old school. And my, um, my mom just didn't feel like going to church every Sunday. Um, so if we were with her, it was a toss up. If it was, if we were with pops, we were definitely going, but you know, the way my, the way my dad speaks, you know, he's, he'll tell you himself, he like 80% saved. He, he, he's got like a 20% of himself that he just keeps <laughs> by the door so whenever he needs to cut somebody out real quick he can switch faces <laughs> wow <laughs> so that's what i came up with you know like i ain't i ain't really find jesus for myself until i was about um 18 years old a friend of mine took me to a youth revival like a youth explosion and um the, the the pastor was doing like a sermon and it felt like he was speaking directly to me. He came over and looked at me and spoke directly into my situation. Not like, you know, I'm a prophesy. He was like just saying his sermon and that point in his sermon spoke directly to where I was in that moment. I was like, oh shoot, he can, he don't he don't know me from Adam. You know, how does he know this? Uh I felt God in that moment. I went to do the altar call. It was like me and him alone. I'll open my eyes with like 50 people around me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a real deal, real deal holy field moment for me. This and was Benny Hinn. We went you back. went to Benny Hinn's church? Okay. And then we went back <laughs> into the um uh, <laughs> Okay. So we went back into the um uh, <laughs> into the green room of sorts. And the first thing out of these folks' mouth was uh, you know how you're trusting that chair to hold you up? That's how you need to trust in God. And it just took me all the way out. Like I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get the point of saying that. I had already made the decision. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to know the next steps. Like, don't tell me about the step I just made. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so that didn't that didn't go anywhere. But um, since I guess since 18, I've been finding God, finding Jesus for myself. And um I to 
support this story, I got to tell you the story of how I started singing. I've been singing since like three, um, since 10 professionally. So by the time I turned 18, I had like, you know, I had a little bit of my own life. I had a little bit of my own choices. I started singing around town. I went up to Pittsburgh and started singing around town there a little mm -hmm. bit and came, dropped out of school, came back and got an opportunity to sing at somebody's church because they know I sing and they need to sing as for their church. So I sang, you know what I'm saying? Um, and from there, it just started snowballing into where I am today. I never wanted to be <laughs> a worship leader or anything like that. I never wanted to make this my career. It just, a whole bunch of yeses just led to this, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. One day I met Paul Taylor Smith and the, the rest of my life was decided for me immediately, you know? Do you think that was just to like, do like the Christian Christianese speak here? Do you feel like that was, like God's will, or do you think that was like somebody else's will, or was that like Desi's will, or you know, how did you end up having I, your life decided for you? I am under the impression that everything happens for a reason, right? Like that's that's how I live my life. I know that everything has a rhyme and a reason, and even in Christian you speak, we know that all things work together for the good of those <laughs> that love them. Um, you know. So I know that I was brought through the church for a reason. My my wife was really etched into the into the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Came through there, um, came through where we are now. You know, did some uh, lower level churches here and there. Um, but I feel like so okay. So in my mind, I feel like he brought me through the church to be a part of a new thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I, like I'm off of, I feel like I'm off of church in the way that it's been done. Like church inside of walls is just like, okay, this is, uh, it looks good. It looks nice. I felt great, but what happens outside of the walls? You know what I mean? Like, and, and this is not to speak on the church that I am at currently. I'm speak like speaking on some churches that are like planted in like the middle of hoods where their church is immaculate, but the hood is still the hood. Like you have 40 acres in the middle of old national but the entire old national is still old national. I, I feel like that's a problem. Like, and I feel like there is a solution and I don't know if this is the place to talk about uh, a solution or if I'm all the way there at a solution, I'm not even all the way there as a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like there are things in me that I'm still working on. They're like, I don't claim to have it all the way together. I do not. I am trash as a human being. You know what I'm saying? But, for some reason, he still feels like he can use me. And as long as he feels that way, I'm going to go where he tell me to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I think that's how I feel about it. So uh, what 
does church look like for you both now? Uh, like what is, and when I say church, I mean the broader sense of uh, connecting to God or learning about God, or, you know, when do you, what was, what was the phrase you used, Desi? Holy feel, holy, real, holy feel. What was that? No, real deal, holy feel. Real deal, holy feel. Like, where do you experience, how do you experience that? Honestly, uh, the places that I've experienced God the most, um, this is this more Christianese for you, for your <laughs> listening pleasure. Um, but in the scripture, it says where two or three are gathered in his name, that's where he is. I've felt the most powerful moments or moves of the spirit when I'm just with my homies talking about God, talking about where we are in faith, uh, talking about where we want to be and taking action steps to get there. Like in those moments, I've felt God more than mm. on any stage, I think. And, and don't get me wrong. we've I've been a part of ushering in some powerful moves of the spirit on stage and and that's not to negate any of that but it's always more intimate with less people to me you know when it's a lot of people it's like man I don't want to say it's manufactured but it's mass produced you know what I'm saying like with just me and like if me and Rick just sitting in the car chilling and talking and shooting the breeze I can feel God a little more, more uh, pungent in that, in that setting more so than a big stage somewhere with all the lights flashing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Same, like more so the relationship. And I think that's what um, I would like to share with younger people who are growing up. Like, please stop saying the phrase, like, I just want God to use me. God doesn't want to use any of us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to hang out with us. We are his children. Um, and as fathers, me and Desi understand that very clearly. We don't want to use our children. Well, maybe De Desi does a little bit in order to get us into some Falcons games. Hey, Not to get us in. Not to get us in. <laughs> okay, okay. To, to pay to for us, their snacks. Okay, to pay for their snacks. As we're at the game. Uh, I will get us into the game, Rick. I'm not two. a... I'm, I'm not us. that guy. Jeez. <laughs> Ava's going to sing a song outside so that we can all afford a hot dog inside of the stadium. Um, oh that's part of my, that's part of my backstory. My uh, villain origin story. I used to busk outside of Falcons games. <laughs> Desi's dad used to take him to Falcons games. And in order for them to get snacks inside of the game, because, oh, well, let me tell our white audience this. Okay, so when black people go places, especially if you got kids, um, usually the answer is no for everything. <laughs> you are that growing up. It's like, uh, you know, can we get something inside the store? Can we get a toy? No, it's an automatic. Can we get Skittles? No. no. Stop it's asking. It's automatic me. no. So in order to afford the, or, you know, to get the snacks, not that they couldn't afford them, in order to get the snacks inside the Falcons games, Desi would, uh, you know, do a little song and dance. No, 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 let's give it a buck 50. The, 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 the snacks inside the stadium are <laughs> ridiculous, dog. Like, They're crazy. For a hot dog, I'm paying $20, one hot dog. Yeah, you're right, you're right. With no sides, no drink, Done. Yeah. just Done. one hot dog, not even a foot long. <laughs> just one Nathan's little Frank. Right. Okay. It's not even a good hot dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not even good. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's your run of the meal. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? I think I saw some some prices over there. They were selling chicken tenders in the in the VIP section for ninety nine dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> chicken tenders? <laughs> yeah, but if you're lucky enough to get that like five hundred dollar ticket to get into the what is that this fancy Braves section? Um, oh, I don't even. Uh, does it have something to do with this name? Is it like truest VIP or something like that? Ooh, something I can't remember. But if you're lucky enough to get a ticket to like the fancy section, all that food is free, but it's like $500 or more just yeah, to get it's a included ticket. in your ticket. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but my dad, my dad would take us to these tailgates outside of the Falcon stadium uh, when it was the Georgia dome and um he would pay to get into the um into the tailgate it's a fancy tailgate they had like flat screens and four four or five grills going it was, it was nice um but he would have my brother pass around one of his baseball caps and i would sing like two songs i was like 10 11 12 sing like two songs they put our money in there we can get whatever snack we wanted until that money <laughs> ran out and we paid for his tailgate ticket so you know wow part of my villain origin story Ooh, yeah. baby it's good stuff man so That's yeah hilarious yeah i don't want to use us like desi's dad used <laughs> oh stop to... it we're not gonna start that narrative we're not gonna start it. my dad is a wonderful man he's a wonderful man he saw an opportunity and he took it all right stop it <laughs> oh no he's just that smart that is that is utilizing your gifts and your talents he used his brains used desi's talents and put it all together uh but no god doesn't want to use us man like i grew up thinking like I'm going to do these great things or I want to, I want to play because I want to, you know, move the masses and I want, you know, God to use me through my gifts and whatnot. And it's just like, bro, we put so much uh, emphasis on people who do certain things in church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm air quoting because none of us really do anything, bro. If I'm, if I'm being truthful, like what are we really doing? How much, are we really um, uh, adding to what the movement of um, the church is just by singing some songs or getting up there mm-hmm. and speaking? Like, God could do all that without us because he does. He does it in other parts of the world. He does it in mm-hmm. different parts of this country. Um, you know, there are different people who found God through, like Desi said, and like I'm saying, through relationship through someone actually knocking on their door or someone uh, giving them a helping hand, um, you know, versus uh, I was in this this service or I was at this conference and they sang this song and it changed my life. It's just like, mm, nah, like, yeah, it's all about relationships. So, yeah, I'm with that. Well, and because I, I feel like people have those experiences of like, I heard the song, it changed my life, but it wears off like the the high of it can wear off if you yeah, are it's chasing experiences yeah it's a good appetizer to what your relationship with god should be you know it's a nice um a nice brochure pamphlet you know you know mm. like it, it it gives you a nice little runway you know you feel you feel on a high for that next few days yeah but as soon as tragedy hits and it does it's not if it's when yeah, but as soon as tragedy hits, you haven't done this the uh, the work to, you know, uh, equip yourself with the right tools to deal with any situation. You're just going off of that one song you heard, and now 
life knocks you down is God's fault. Yep. Absolutely. It's weird, right. It's a weird yeah. system. We're, uh, we're, uh, it's a thing. Out here. It's a whole thing, bro. And that's, I mean, not to keep coming back to it, but that's why I just, I ain't got time for these celebrities who, you know, find God and say a few things. Cause it's like, bro, I really don't think that you really like, it's a journey. And I don't want someone speaking on behalf of everything that I've been through and in my journey and my religion. I don't want a representative who hasn't really been through anything to represent me. I'm good on that. Mm. Like it's it's all about an entire walk, a whole walk from the highs to the lows. Like if you have not experienced being in a place where you're um, completely alone not just figuratively but literally where you're alone um in those moments and 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 being able to recognize and cling to okay i've lost um all of my opportunities that i thought were going to be um the reason for my success i've lost you know so many opportunities to be on this tour and that tour and and this gig and all this stuff and this didn't pan out and things like that um you know, I'm, I've lost all my resources. I've lost, I mean, I've been down and out before and I still clung to my core values as far as like, let me just open up this word and just talk to God about my frustrations and everything that's going on. And, and it hasn't always been pretty. It's not like a, like a Hallmark movie. It's not like TBN. It's, it's real, it's raw, it's emotional. It's, it's, um, something that has been built through a long relationship with God for sure. So, yeah. Do you think that if more people showed that side of their relationship with God, like the, the ugly dark night of the soul kind of, um, relationship that it would be more attractive to people? Oh yeah. I was definitely, yeah, I think it would be more attractive to people outside of the church. Oh yeah. Most definitely. I think the people inside of the church would just try to kick you out. Yeah. And I mean, I give them, I give them a lot of grief, but that I will say that about Yay, like the fact that he is open about every aspect of his struggle shows a lot of young uh, black and white kids um, that you don't have to be perfect in order to love God, because God is the perfection in the relationship. We don't mm -hmm. have to be. Um, he sees us through His Son, um, so He does see perfection through that, but. Um, so many times people feel like they have to live up to a certain image. I mean, I've had a, a few times in my life where, or one in particular where I had a, like, you know, everybody has that come to Jesus moment with, with their parents, where you tell your parents like, Hey, I haven't been perfect in college. <laughs> when I left the crib, like, you know, I remember the times where it's like, I had to tell my parents, like, I'm not a virgin. You know what I'm saying? Like just all that stuff, like, you know, like. But you have such so much pressure on you as a young Christian man to, you know, walk right and virginity and this and this and that. And um, it was just so odd growing up, like how they how people in the church were treated, especially young women, mm -hmm. when they showed up to church and, they you know, the belly was starting to get big. It was just like they were almost lepers and they were shunned. You know what I'm saying? So it's not about the perfection and i think 
through people's imperfection. Um, and I love that, that Desi openly admits that and tells people like I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like more people need to hear that because people don't, they see perfection through all the production and the LEDs and the things like that. And let's do a full rehearsal run through and make sure everything is on lock and all this and all that. It's just like, bro, if they ever saw imperfection in a church service, I think people would love that so much more than the effort that we put into to making mm. the entire thing. Man, I make it a point. I make it a point every time they give me the opportunity to speak uh, before a song set up or something like that, I make it a point to let y'all know, like, yo, y'all looking up at me, I am nothing look to look up to. Mm. You feel me? I am not the mark. Jesus is the mark. God yeah. is the mark. I am just pointing you to him. That does not make me better than you. I have things that I, I, I have things I could tell you that if I told you, you would say, I don't deserve to be up here. Mm. Legit. But I'm not the one that qualifies that. You feel me? But do any of us? That's the thing. Like it's like we we have these prerequisites that it's just like you gotta have this and you gotta have your walk has to be this. And it's just like none of y'all really know that about mm -hmm. everybody who's. But up I on see. Stage. See, that's what I think. The church, the church has done a weird job at making that a reality in the church. Like they they they. They've done the work to make it seem like everybody on stage is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a disservice. You can't dress a certain way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't dress a certain way on stage. You can't talk any kind of way on these stages. You gotta, you gotta present something. Mm -hmm. You know, instead, you gotta present something outside of yourself mm -hmm. in order to point people to Jesus. When Jesus came to save what's inside of you. It's, it's it is you he came to say mm -hmm. yeah so if ever they give and and they don't really give me opportunity to speak that much and i think this is it i usually get lost in the woods uh, i'm like <laughs> i have nothing prepared you have know said like i'm just coming off the top with it like yo i'm trash here's the song about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so can we talk so, about authenticity then for a second like what yeah. like why is it that that we're performing on stage I, I say we i am not a performer i run camera like i don't belong on the stage yeah. but like um what is it about putting on the mask to to uh, have to yeah why don't we celebrate imperfection and being human I mean, for crying out loud pastors are performing in the green room fam oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah you know what i'm saying like i um I'm sure this is, this is not just our church specific, but there every church has a pastor's green room away from everyone. You know, they're not sitting there praying. <laughs> I mean, they might be, but I mean, they might, and, 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 and for all intents and purposes, you might be, you feel me? But, but what you're not doing is fellowshipping. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're not dwelling with, with these people that you lead. And if you do dwell with them, you all awkward. You don't want to talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I get it. Like, uh, uh, so I have a thing about, um, I've been on stages since I was 10. So I have a weird relationship with, um, people who are not used to being on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I've, I've 
experienced that because I am on this platform, people put me on a pedestal and I don't know how to function there. I don't, that's not where I live. I am more here with you, you know what I'm saying, than I am on this pedestal you created for me. But because of the platform, you don't see me as your equal. Yeah, because you're you literally know? six and feet I'm, off the ground from everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get how a pastor can feel that way. But as a pastor of a church, your heart has to fight past that. Like you, you have to be for your people to the yeah. point where you're not afraid to dwell with them. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think. I think it's top down, like Christianity, uh, as far as Americanized Christianity has become a thing where if you proclaim to be Christian, that means you do no wrong. That means you have it all together. God favored you. That's why mm -hmm. he gave you this platform, no one else, you know? And with that comes a tightrope you begin to have to walk in order to keep that platform, in order to keep that notoriety, you know, in order to keep the fame, there's a tightrope you have to walk. Yeah. And I think, I think by and large, I think we're seeing, especially with the millennial generation on down, that's just not what we're willing to walk through. Mm. I, I'm not, I'm not willing to walk this tightrope so that the person on the others, the person on the other side of this tightrope can say you did good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause I can be trash and be a real good tightrope walker. Cause when I get off this tightrope, I'm going back home. My brother says, no one knows where the nose goes when the door is closed. When I close these doors and I'm by myself, who am I then? You'll never know. That's where you become the, the 20% of the 80% saved, right? You feel what I'm saying? That's where my 20% lives, baby. That's where we thrive. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's just like, like I said, it's top down. Like if pastors stop performing, we'll feel free to not have to perform whenever we're in front of people mm. that we have to leave. But also like Jesus literally, like you were saying, Desi, Jesus literally came and like dwelled among the people. Like there was right. no like, oh, I'm going to be on the top of the mountain. They actually think when he delivered the sermon on the Mount, he was in a boat and everybody else was, you know, on the hill above him, you know? Right. So like, that's literally the upside down world, you know? And uh, we have, it, we have gone, we reverted back to what it was pre-Jesus. But there are, uh, let's be, let's be, let's be very clear. And I, I think, I really think this, there's not one Christian gospel celebrity that would swap places with jesus not at all bro the, god didn't create the christian music industry he didn't that's not what we were called to do jim sam to have an industry to to go around to these different churches and and have them well, if if people knew what some of their favorite christian artists demanded money mm -hmm. and um things green, in the green room, room items green Jesus. room items uh, uh whatever the stay is and and the you know the financial bro it's i learned so much being a uh, church staff kid it's just like oh 
that's what it would take for this person to come to our church. Hmm. Well, especially if it's like a big church and they know, oh, that church has deep pockets. I can ask for more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look, Hillsong better have Topo Chico on on chill. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I drink. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I need Topo Chico on chill. I will say though, I just learned a little bit about a band. It's a local Atlanta band that is probably like the most popular Christian band today. And they're from Atlanta. Yeah. I didn't know if we wanted to name them or not, but yeah. So (laughs) what are they going to do? Come after us? Well, I'm going to say a nice thing about them actually. So um, I learned that they actually, their music started, came like years after they were living in like Bankhead and doing prison ministry and like just living in this community and doing good and starting a church service just for homeless people and for, you know, for people to come and just be together. And, and from there, Maverick city music start, like came out of that. So they actually started in the right place. And yes, they, they sell out state farm arenas and like they, you know, they sell these places out and they can charge money, but at the same time, and I hope that this isn't like, don't nobody that's listening, take advantage of Maverick city music. But if you say, Hey, will you do a free concert so we can raise money for da 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 da, or will you do a free concert so that we can do a, a sock drive for the homeless people in the community? Yes, absolutely. They'll do it. And yeah. I respect that's the dope. hell out of that. That's the, hey, if for Maverick sure. city ever needs me to play, I'm with y'all. I'm with that. <laughs> that's dope. Mm-hmm. That's super dope. I mean, I think it's evident in their ascension. Like, they seemingly came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. straight onto the top of the charts. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that... uh, And and they went straight to to the top of the charts doing a style that is foreign to both gospel and CCM. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like... They're taking the structure of CCM and stretching it out to gospel lengths. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like Lord, they'll do what a beautiful name song. it is for 45 minutes. And that's the so only long. song they'll do. Lord. Yep. Yeah. Try running lyrics like, for the them. Way. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, lyrics. That, but I mean, that's the way Who like that is, that is it. Me. Like, like worship service. And Rick is gonna Rick's gonna pat my bat so so hard oh. when he sees me for saying oh. this. But worship service shouldn't have a time limit, dog. Like it just shouldn't. We're like church shouldn't have a time limit. Like it, it should be as long as the spirit wants to move. You know what I mean? Like we should be ready and and able to dwell in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, or allow him to dwell in us or dwell with us. You know what I mean? Like. I've adapted to the time schedule. I feel like God can move in whatever time frame. I hate that, that saying. I hate that saying. I hate it. What that God can move. You know, God can move in our fifteen minute praise and worship. Uh, a lot because of he time. can. He's not bound because by time. Because we have to stream yeah. to another campus in order to make sure that we're all locked up, <laughs> so that God can move in any time. Man, get out of here. Let, when was the last time? Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead go ahead so to combat that i think he can move in 15 minutes he did a lot of things in seven days you feel what i'm saying mm-hmm. like, so i think he can there, there's a few things he made on day one that only took 15 minutes mm-hmm. i think i think somebody outside of time can work with whatever time we give him you know what, what, what like, was the last thing you said we give him yeah that's church exactly that is church 
That's the whole that is thing. About but we're, it, that we're working in up. the confines of church, bro. Like we're not like this ain't this is this is big business. We're not talking about like of course mom and pop uh mom mom and pop stop, shop trying to do church or do yeah. it how, however you want. Mm-hmm. But when we talking about big business, you gotta appease. Uh, it's not only Jesus you're appeasing in big business. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of other things, a mm-hmm. lot of other big wigs you gotta appease. There's a lot of pockets you gotta grease. Yeah, I'm saying like for the stream. You're right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta you gotta yeah. you gotta yeah. follow that, bro. Yeah. What would happen if they did 45 minutes of actual, you know, praising the God that they claim to, to love praising and 15 minutes of someone speaking? Hey, we're going to all praise for a longer time today, because guess what? You know, we only give God 15 minutes out of a seven day period. But then that's placing the importance on only music in worship. Only worshiping the God that we came to worship. Hmm. Music is not the only form of worship. Do y'all know about sacred pathways, spiritual pathways? Like there's a bunch of different buckets of how people connect with God. And some of it mm-hmm. is music. And so uh, those people would love, a, you know, like forget the sermon. Let's just do, let's just do a concert. Right. But, you know, a worship experience. And then there are people like we were talking about this at dinner last night. A uh, girl in my small group was like, I don't really care about the music. Like I would, I'll just, if I could, I'd show up 25 minutes and do it and just listen to the message and go home, you know? So like, that's how she connects to God and listens and, you know, so it is different for everybody. So I wonder if it's like, we should just have a church that has a message. We should just, but that's also like the power, you know, Ted talk people, our attention span is like 12 minutes or whatever Ted talks are, you you know? So it makes sense to have a shorter sermon or, do like a shorter thing and then have some music no, in the middle we, and then you gotta you have know? the all important pastor speaking his <laughs> wise prophecies into us yeah you know? it's just yeah all of that i i could go to church i could go to church and just literally hear the message i could because you know music it, i'm not about the emotion it depends on who's speaking for me you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure for you sure know, but some people some people are just dull it just would make more sense if um, that's why I think it was dope when Francis Chan left his mega church situation because mm-hmm. he was like, I think we're doing it wrong by showing up to somewhere and watching one person yeah. use their gift, which was him. He was like, I'm the only one speaking for, you know, 35, 40 minutes. So, yep. And he also said he raised all this money for a new building. And then he said, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to give it away. People were yeah. pissed. And yeah. I was like, good for you, dude. Yeah, he was, he's dope, man. I think I think I th- I think the future of the church is all online. Outside of like the outreach stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like as far as like listening to a sermon, looking at people sing songs. You can do that from the comfort of your own home. You can. Our charge was to go out and make disciples. Like if we could all have like one big Zoom meeting, like one <laughs> big, you know, yeah. one big service or whatever service you want. There's a, there's a there's a plethora of ministries out here doing online ministry. Yeah. And if you hate music, you can skip it. If you hate the word, you can skip it and read it on your own. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing here is charging you up for another week of making disciples. But are they really charging people up the way that church is set up now? Mm. That's the, I think that's part of the point for me. Mm. Like, like, 
it, yeah. it feels good. It feels what happens in church is literally a concert that you add Jesus into it. Little little Christian karaoke for you. We're gonna sing the songs that you heard on the radio. Only the ones on the you radio. We can't really branch out outside of that. We don't want to introduce yeah. you to anything new. And just in case you don't know the words, we want to make sure that you see the words because you know regular concerts do that. And then uh, you know give you a little feel good. 15, 20 minutes and make sure you're out in uh, an hour and 15 minutes and uh, we'll see you because next week. Because you got to get home to watch the game, bro. Got to get home to watch the game. But for some people, that may be how they more experience God. Is it? I don't know how, but how you know. Yeah, just, uh, hmm. But for some, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, if you give me a couple of minutes, I can Christianize anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can find that's, a way to fit that square peg into a round hole and know. say that yeah. football games is church you know watching yeah. online it just it's just our society man it's just we've allowed so many things to dictate how we move as believers in this society we appease to okay well you know certain people don't like this certain people are like oh we got to do this we got to this it's like bro the relevancy has is is what's um kind of watered down the gospel it really has and, and that's why people in other countries look at america they're like bro y'all are crazy y'all's y'all's form of christianity is not it like um, obviously there is good everywhere so we're not saying the entire thing the entire system is broken people don't come for us but yeah by and large i am not a fan of church that is packaged in an hour jam-packed highly produced situation corporate church i'm good on that like i would rather have one service that's twice as long versus two services that are short so that we can get people in and out i'm good on that so uh, i may step on your toes a little bit you uh, still show up and collect a paycheck i do and uh you know how uh, how does that not reinforce what we're doing it is one place that i do ministry there are many places to do ministry and unfortunately uh not unfortunately we're called to minister to different places different people different things and different people receive certain things certain ways um i can't show up to somebody's house and tell them how to cook the meal that they're serving um, to to everybody at dinner. I can come, participate, uh, chime in where I can, um, but I don't believe everybody is called to be ministering to everyone um, with every gift. I utilize my gift of being able to play music at certain churches that actually pay me what I'm worth. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like Desi said, there's certain people who pay for the streams and the sponsors who, you know, and yeah. the board and all that stuff and the building and things like that. But there's other churches like black churches where I'm just I'm in the small groups. I'm doing ministry with them, I'm volunteering to play. I'm doing all that stuff uh, that I feel like is uh, things that I, I kind of rock with versus always being at certain places every single Sunday. I've diversified. I don't believe that you have to be at 
one specific church every single mm-hmm. Sunday throughout the year. I believe that there's people who need God everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I hear you for sure. Definitely taking the paycheck. Um, I'm guilty of it paycheck. too. So, yeah. no, 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 no. You could. <laughs> yeah. I take a paycheck. You know, I play wedding gigs, I play church gigs, I play all mm-hmm. types of gigs that I don't necessarily condone uh, the American traditions of marriage, you know, and mm-hmm. everything that goes oh, on. Oh, Lord. At, at you need your own podcast bro. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like what <laughs> i'm not in i'm not in on everything that happens at weddings you know there's some stuff that we have at weddings i'm like bro i'm not with this but you know i'm not here to uh i'm not here to judge you know what i'm saying i've grown in my mm. in my times <laughs> in my times but yeah uh-huh. i do believe that people should go to different churches and experience different things if you've never been to a black church as a white person you need to go to a black church if you've never been to a white church as a black person you need to go you need to diversify you need to see some different things hispanics uh ethiopian um, asian there's all kinds of different stuff out here where people could experience your gift and your experiences and your relationship um and just your knowledge um and and you can make a change in those ways. Most of my ways to make change are off stage is basically what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I play for my little 15 minutes, but people know me and love me because of the ministry impact that I have off stage. And the check is a plus, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> There's one uh, uh, gig that I've seen both of you at, you know, we've, we're, all, we're all, the production community in Atlanta is small, so we run into each other quite a lot. And um, there's one, there's one gig that we've been on where they actually encourage all the contractors, musicians, production people to like actually get their dinner and go sit out with everybody else that's eating dinner instead of just holding up in the green room and, uh, you know, staying separate, Um, you know, and I think that is part of that, like offstage ministry, like what you were saying about dwelling among the people. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's huge. I, I got a um, a friend, Matt, who says visibility and accessibility <laughs> enhances credibility on the stage. <laughs> and I agree with him, actually. I, I agree with that true. sentiment. It's yeah. True. The more you hang with people, the more they trust what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So then that really makes me think about people standing on the stage and preaching for 40 minutes. And then like there's they don't have the uh, i don't know what i'm trying to say no 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 you got it you right there you it's got like, this it's like when the pope comes through like the church i grew up in it was like uh, it was like a big deal like oh you know security okay the pastor's pulling in blah 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 make sure you know all this stuff the pastor would come through they the pastor came in like 20 minutes in the service they would sit there you know and escort them up to the stage and you know, all this <laughs> other stuff and it was like a whole thing you know what i'm saying and that's how it can turn into it can turn into as soon as you see this figure like oh this is their church pastor fill in the blank you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like there's this persona and there's this, ah, uh, you know, mm, I'm here to yeah. give you the word uh, that God has given me. I've been on the mount speaking with him and here are the tablets of uh, Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, uh, I'm straight on that. Like I, I think people uh, relate more to uh, young adult or youth pastors or college, young adult, like, cause they're, 
they're normal people. They don't dress mm-hmm. like a pastor. They don't speak like a pastor. They talk to you about normal issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. We get up into Sunday morning and it turns into just boring, bland, mundane, like, you know, I feel like youth ministry is just training for real ministry. Exactly. For like, it's training for Sunday. Exactly. Everybody's hype. Like they get somebody real down to earth to train you up to be uptight. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was going to say, like, I think the youth ministry, because a lot of them go out and they go to high school games and they go to uh, like, you know, they go hang out and they go to lunch at middle schools with their with the, the kids lock-ins, the you know skate night, yeah the bowling the things like that like that's well, more you, real ministry you know you get out some of these pastors like to go out and golf it's like what what i feel i feel y'all but what adult do we know that just got all the time to just meet up and go bowling on on a whim you know what i'm saying like Hey, let's let's go to Top Golf together. I'm a freelancer. That's literally what I get to do. (laughs) I feel you, but like by and large, though, as far as as far as the difference between high schoolers and people with actual responsibilities, Mm -hmm. there's a difference. I mean, yeah, of course, of high school, but we're talking about like the adults who are over the high schools, even like the parents. Like parents be chilling, parents go out to the little events and things like that and stuff like that. It's just like the higher you get up the chain, once it comes to Sunday morning, like we forget how to be normal people. It's just like, why don't we ever talk it about? Because Sunday morning is big business, brother. Youth ministry is not big business. They're making pennies. They can do with or without it. That's why they always not having it and then having it again. You're right. That's true. It it depends on how interested your high schoolers are. That's true. But Sunday morning, that is big business. That is big business. People won't come to church for nothing else. But it, Sunday well, morning. Some churches now, if if white churches start adapting some of the black churches stuff, we we would see church picnic every year, the church <laughs> fish fry, the tailgate, the all that stuff. We would see all these events. It's like, bro, this this community some good stuff that be yeah. There's there's some hilarious stuff that be having. Black people know how to get <laughs> see. Together. Black church does that by robbing their staff. <laughs> yeah, the robbing the you staff. Saying, there's always corruption. And not paying Higher the praise and worship go. team. You're right. <laughs> not paying the praise and worship team. Except for the there's always corruption. You got to. Why we having our seventh fish fry this year <laughs> and I haven't gotten paid once? <laughs> Why? Why is this a thing? That be that fish be good though, bro. That fish be fire. You, Maggie, have you ever been to auntie. a church fish fry? Have you ever been to a church fish fry? Um, no. And uh, Maggie, I was not raised in the church. It's okay. And uh, we're gonna take you to a fish fry. We're gonna yes. make happen. We're gonna take make me. Take <laughs> You're welcome. I almost welcome. went to I actually went to a, a black funeral uh last week. And oh. uh, um and oh, you almost got they had fish fries at the repast. Yeah, so and then got I couldn't baptized in the waters. <laughs> well, I had to go to work, and so I couldn't go to like the party after. But they were that was part of it. Yeah, so, you know what I'm talking about freelancer. You talking about work? Huh? <laughs> well, I had to look yeah, at you. I know I couldn't go to the bowling alley because I had to work. <laughs>
It's a stark difference. Look at us. It's yeah. a stark difference, Maggie. The mood is definitely down and somber during the funeral and the the burial. But when you get back to the church and you go well, downstairs to the, to the uh, <laughs> church kitchen, Blue the lights in the basement hall. house party. Oh, baby. man, it's a party. Some, <laughs> some, some people are probably going to be outside, smoke a cigarette or two. You know, it just, that's just, we just need to take you to the church. Take me. I will uh, take a Sunday off and I will go to church with you. We got you. We I got want to. You. We got yeah. You. I mean, that would, that would mean me and Rick have to take yeah, a Sunday off. Yeah, we have off. to take a Sunday right. off. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, yeah. We got you. We got you. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll play hooky all together. We'll all play hooky. Right. Okay. I'm here for it. This Sunday. Let's do it. <laughs> Short notice. <laughs> oh, no. People would stress out. Hey, mm -hmm. man. Uh, you on the way? Can I tell you what happened? Uh, last, a couple, I guess it was last week. There was somebody canceled, you know, at, at one of the campuses. And then that guy was trying to backfill, but then he had to pull somebody from another campus to come there. And then I had to go switch to the other campus and he had to like keep moving people around. Like that's what happens when people cancel. Mm. It is like so much stress on the staff. So I feel like mm. the more that we can plan ahead, <laughs> then let's do it. No, no, no. Let's cancel. Let's Keep them on their cancel. toes. You know what I'm saying? This is cancel culture. We got to cancel. Like Maggie, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to let you finish. But <laughs> let's go ahead and cancel that thing. You know? You know, uh, keep them on their toes. Oh, let them get, so let them earn their paycheck, you know? Yeah. Accurate. Kidding. So Love good. all you guys. Yeah. So good. If any of you listen, you guys are awesome and amazing. Well, what's been your experience, Maggie, at the, at, 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 at the church? At the place. The, like that specific church or just the, yeah, capital the place State of church? God in Christ? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so I was raised atheist and I mean, I was raised in the Catholic church, but you know, it was kind of like your dad was kind of like, eh, just, I go to appease my parents. So like my dad was that way. And then at some point I was like, what well, my fourth grader logic was like, um, I get bored at church. So I think that means I don't believe in God and I don't want to go anymore. My dad was like, okay, whatever. Like, don't tell your grandparents. And uh, so I was, I was atheist until I had a person that, uh, like she didn't knock on my door, but we worked together and she, uh, you know, my favorite line is preach the gospel at all times and use words only when necessary. And, uh, so mm. that was kind of my experience with her. And I was like, there's something different about her. And, and then she basically raised me in the, the Baptist church how I understood God to be was the, the list of rules and the legalism. And, um, and, uh, I actually, the first time I went to church with her, uh, the pastor had come back from like a, you know, eight week sabbatical sabbatical, and, sabbatical right. And mm -hmm. he said, uh, you know, I noticed in the last few weeks that giving has been down and he said, if you want, uh, you better catch up now. So you'll be caught up when you get to heaven. Oh, wow. And I was like, this is why I hate church. This is why I hate <laughs> Christians, you know? And, um, and then I found another church that had good music and, uh, they didn't, I felt like they weren't stuffing Jesus down my throat. And I came to, to faith in that church. And, um, yeah. And then I came on staff at said church and had a terrible experience behind the curtain. And, uh, now I'm a freelancer and I still, I love Jesus. I'm in seminary. I'm working on my doctorate right now. And like, I, I love talking about faith formation and, uh, but I just don't think that the way that we do church is the way that Jesus would have done church. If Jesus was Ooh, living in 2022, said, somebody said, um, 
and I'm paraphrasing, they say the higher up you go in the church, behind the curtain of the church, the lesser, the less you see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Mm. Because then you start um, understanding who you are based on how the church treats you. Mm. And uh, that was, that was a big part of my like deconstruction of like, who does God say that I am, you know? And, and so that that's, I'm just kind of resting in, I think my word right now is like beloved. And so I'm just resting in the fact that I'm God's beloved. And I think kind of when I asked Rick about, you know, how would you, if you couldn't say that, if you didn't say you were a Christian, how would you describe yourself? And I would, I think I would say that I'm God's beloved, That's dope. you know, and like that, that's where it all flows out of. And my faith in my relationship with Jesus is completely different, but it's deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm not getting that at my gigs, which is why I'm fine showing up and getting a paycheck and running camera or graphics or whatever. Um, and then I get to go be with God in the way that I connect and go deeper with, with God. So Rick and I have, uh, talked about, um, this deconstruction thing before it became so taboo in the church yeah we've talked about it ad nauseum oh yeah and he's told me about his deconstruction and you're telling us about yours Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm on like the beginning stages of deconstruction Mm -hmm. and the beginning stages for me is like my house is falling down yeah and now i have to figure out what are these pieces of my life yeah that are scattered on yeah. the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's, it's a, um, what tips would <laughs> you two have for somebody on the beginning? Like their house is falling down. Their, their house is like, they're not deconstructing. Their, you know, their construction is just giving out. Their foundation mm. is faltering. Hmm. How, what, what tips would you give somebody on that side of the deconstruction um, as they start to navigate? Get a spiritual director. <laughs> <laughs> to start processing through this a spiritual director mm. will let you a, a good spiritual director if they've been through training um will let you be where you are and say it's okay and god still loves you and you get to be where you are and let's talk about it you know they're a good spiritual director is not going to tell you well, you know, you can't give up, you can't deconstruct this. You can deconstruct this idea, but you can't deconstruct this idea. You know, like a spiritual director is going to be like, all right, mm. let's, is that important? What do you think? What do you think about that? You know? And, and so I think as you are, I love the image of the house falling down as you see this piece of the roof or this piece of the foundation kind of scattered, pick it up and lovingly say, what did I think about this? What do I think I think about this now? what do I, what pieces of this do I want to keep? What pieces of it can I throw away? Because I just don't think that's the way of Jesus. And, um, and uh, I'm still loved as I hold this Mm. piece of my theology that I'm questioning, God is still holding my hand Mm. underneath and holding you and you are loved deeply. And, uh, um, and talk about it. It's okay. If someone's like, Oh, deconstruction, you're going to hell. Then go find somebody else that's going to affirm you yeah. run away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's you are okay. Desi, this is part of the, uh, the journey and you are still loved. That's, that's my advice. Rick, what about you? I don't even know if I can say anything better than that. That was so good. 
And that was the thing. That was so good. I mean, yeah, the, the, everything she said, just, you know, as the house is falling down, just remember that the foundation is still there. Like, at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about yourself, there are certain things that God has said that he feels about us. First of all, he created us, bro. Like, there's, when we talk about worship, we talk about um, you having the gift of worship, bro. Like, um, in order to worship something, it has to be above you. God can't worship himself. He created us to worship him. Um, so, you know, and not in a sense of, like, as far as working, like, we have to work to do it. But just our life and our relationship um, with him is worship. Um, so your God is so sovereign and so all-knowing that he knows that we would have doubts he knows that uh, we would have issues and we would question um and it does not scare god to um hear your questions the more you come to him the more um you're building that foundation because you don't have to run and hide the first things that um, you know, even the Bible says, like, when Adam and Eve, like, they hid, you know what I'm saying? God doesn't want us to hide. Um, he wants every part of you. He He wants to, you know, every nook and cranny. And, um, you know, you're on a you're on a journey. No matter if you miss a turn, um, you know, the GPS is going to reroute you. So, you know, you'll you'll be able to make that right turn in a couple blocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and even if you miss the situation altogether, dang, I forgot to get off the highway. Like, there's another exit coming up. Like, it's still time. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> when you're ready. When you're ready. When you're ready, you can get off. Yeah. And uh, you may discover that the freeway is where you're going to be for a long time. And that's mm -hmm. okay, too. And uh, you can also question your foundation. And, uh, like, that's okay too, to say, I saw, I was at a thing and this guy was going off about deconstruction. He said, you can deconstruct this and this and this, but you cannot deconstruct who is Jesus. And I would say, well, you have to, you have to ask yeah. who do I believe that Jesus is, you know? Yeah. And so like that, I think even just, even if you come to the same conclusion that you had before, you know, like, what is this piece? Am I going to keep the whole thing? Am I going to keep part of it? You know, like what makes sense to me? One of those pieces is who is God? Who is mm. Jesus? And that's mm. okay to ask that question and to wrestle with that. It's crazy. She's spitting game over here. You know what I'm saying? Sheesh. Mm. Bro. No. What? Why gentle? Why are we so scared? We so we love the tea, we love the drama, we love all this stuff in the real world. But when it comes to Christianity, we gotta oh, we don't want to offend. We gotta make sure that this and that. It's just like, bro, nah. Like we are gonna talk about Yay and Kim all day and and all their drama. Like we gotta come with it. We gotta bring the fire, man. Like yeah, like I think yeah, bro. I think the the <laughs> biggest thing too, man. Like. Like you don't need anybody to explain to you what the Bible. Maggie, means. feel free to you flip don't. over my tables and uh, contrary to popular <laughs> belief, come as hard America, as you need. Oh, I will. I think the divine <laughs> word of God speaks for itself, and you can discover God in the word by reading the word for yourself. This ain't like the old school days where they had it in Latin and only the 
you know, Catholic preacher could get up there and speak it and nobody knew what it was or where, you know, in the Old Testament where there was, you know, some prophet that had to speak with God <laughs> and then come to the people. And nah, he gave us the word yeah. and he gave us the opportunity to have a relationship with him. So, man, like you, you hop in there and don't be afraid, bro. Like the word says, come boldly to the throne, like, and, and, and speak with God because you're royalty. You know what I'm saying? Like you may not feel like it sometimes and we, all of us may not feel like it, but we're royalty, bro. Like that's what it says about us. Like we're chosen. Um, we're his children. Um, and, and, a, a savior came to this earth to die for us because he believed in us so much. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, you're on the right path, bro. What questions are you asking of God right now, Desi? Or like, what are you wrestling with? You may not even be at the place you're taking him to God. You're just wrestling. Uh, I, I, I said this to somebody a few weeks ago. I think I've just been in a place of, <sighs> just sitting you know i don't think i've been trying to wrestle with anything it's been a minute since i picked up my bible you know like i'm not trying to listen to no sermons like i'm just like out here mm -hmm. and there's a you know it's a lot of things happening in life a lot of revelations happening in my family is like yo i gotta get it's like I got to find a pathway out of this fort of crap before I begin to wrestle with anything. Like in this fort, I don't feel like wrestling with nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have the strength to wrestle. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm almost just kind of chilling in my mess really. Like just, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. I don't know how to move from here. I know. I'll say it like this. I, I know I'm supposed to know that Jesus is, is who he is. I know I'm supposed to know that God is who it is. And I don't know if I know how I'm supposed to know. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm asking questions. I don't, I'm not. I'm numb in a way to a lot of things right now. Yeah, that is, um, you're not alone in that feeling, especially at the beginning of this journey. It's hard and it can feel lonely because if you say the thing, I don't know that Jesus is who I've been told that Jesus is people are going to label you with a big red scarlet letter, you know, it's, you're a heretic and you're, you lost your salvation or whatever. And that is right. not who I believe God to be. And so, um, yeah, that's can be a lonely place and you can be numb. And uh, even if you don't know that if you can't feel that God is with you, that's okay. That's okay. That is, St. John of the Cross might be somebody that you may want to befriend because he has written about the dark night of the soul. He was the first one to talk about this lonely, dark place where there's no feeling and it sucks, you know? And um, yeah, Desi, you're allowed to be exactly where you are. So, and even if you don't sense God's presence, I, 
I can trust that God is holding you up even like enough, enough for the both of us. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm receiving it. I'm receiving it. Yeah, bro. Like, we're all, like she said, you're not alone. We've all suffered. We've all had the house come crumble down. Like, mm-hmm. it's some more than others. Some of us have, you know, I mean, just all types of things that people have gone through, bro. Just from, you know, people like literally you know, suffering health situations people getting thrown in jail people getting thrown in psych wards like we just everybody's had a journey (laughs) everybody's had a journey like we never talk about it um the i think the more people speak on this thing like you're speaking out um right now the more we can all recognize like how before you know maybe three four years ago mental health wasn't something that a lot of people talked about but now it's the hot thing everybody oh mental health oh you know it's just like okay but i get the sentiment that you know it's a lot more important now that people you know, take care of mental health and things like that but as someone mm-hmm. who has dealt with yeah my mental health for longer than it's been a fad um i can definitely attest to like there are going to be dark times there's going to be uh great times where you feel like you're on the mountaintop and there's going to be times where you feel like you're in the valley and no one is there with you. Um, and that's Christian or not. That's just life in general, bro. Like it's okay yeah. to be there to, um, not feel like you have the answers or not feel like, you know what the answer is. It's like, bro, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to write my name on the beginning of the test right now. I don't even feel like taking this test. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> for real. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's yeah. It's totally okay, but don't feel like that's who you are. Yeah, yeah and you bro. don't fail don't the feel test. Like that's who you are. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not in me, like, and it's not for anyone to tell you, um, where you are. Sorry, y'all. My wife just Uh-oh. left and left every TV. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Bro. Like, why is why is Disney <laughs> underscoring Rick? <laughs> Oh, you know, just say, you know, I have a contract with Disney. That's they just, amazing. Uh, young and Chanto. all of my speeches. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, but yeah. No, nah, but I receive what y'all saying, man. Yeah, I, and I, I'm appreciative of what y'all are yeah, saying. Man, I like, think you have power, bro. You got power just because you are um, open enough to admit and to, you know, that's, that's humility. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people aren't humble. A lot of people don't move in that, but... Man, the meek show inherit the earth, bro. They really shall. So stick with it, man. But come come out of this thing whenever it happens um, with boldness. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that, like, I've walked through the desert. I've walked through that time. I've, I've truly experienced it. And I'm speaking from a place of experience. And, you know, once that happens, you know what I'm saying? I can't wait to hear of, you know everything that you learn on your journey word i like this and i know it probably doesn't feel very free right now but i think that you will wherever you land whatever that looks like that you will experience a sense of freedom in in who desi is i receive that i receive that for real man.